For more interviews with leading figures in Asia from the world of business and beyond, head to the App Store or Google Play to download the Tiger Hall app. We're in the Tiger Hall with Simon Milner, Vice President of Public Policy at Facebook in Asia Pacific. I want to talk to you, Simon, about what happens when you lose your job as a very senior person. And the reason we're talking about this is because it's happened to you. So firstly, can you share your personal experience of being made redundant and what were the key learnings that came out of this? Well, thank you. Uh, It's a little painful to go kind of wind back the clock, but I'm happy to do it and hopefully it'll be helpful for others. So yes, uh, in my late 30s, I had a very senior role at the BBC. I had a role called the secretary of the BBC, which meant I was responsible for the governance and accountability of the company. Something pretty bad happened uh, in the BBC around the, the Iraq war in 2003. We got into a major fight with the British government and we lost. Uh, And it resulted in a major upheaval at the top of the organization. Both my bosses, the chairman and the director general, both resigned within 24 hours. And within within a few months, their successors had abolished my job. So I was to leave the the organization. And uh, this really stopped me in my tracks for my career. Up until then, my career had really been a series of successes. And you, you kind of expect once you have success, it will just keep on rolling. You'll keep on being successful. And this was an example of, and, and also a lot of my career had been about good judgment, about providing good advice to very senior people. And yet had be, I had been found wanting uh, during this particular crisis for the BBC. And it really made me question the thing that I thought was my greatest strength, which was my kind of clarity of thinking and judgment. So it left me at a very low ebb, and my confidence was probably the lowest it had been in my adult life. I was in my kind of mid to late 30s, I had a family and small children, and it felt like a really low time. And I think, frankly, I could have done with someone then, sharing their experience of a similar situation like that as I'm doing now with you and your listeners. Okay, so then how did you turn all of this around? Well, look, it took, took time. I'd say there, was, there were kind of three different phases. First of all, I had to decompress. I had to really understand what had happened and to kind of get right with it, really, and to think through, look, it wasn't all about me. Uh, there are other people who kind of could have handled things better. And, and you really think, you ha- I think you have to take time to understand what happened, to re-examine it, uh, and to think about what still are your strengths and what you learned from it. And it's learning the lessons from a failure like this that is essential if you're going to then continue. The next stage was to talk to lots of people, to get out there and network, including people who I hadn't spoken to for years, and just try to kind of get their counsel about what I might do next. And so I did that a lot. There were lots of lunches, lots of coffees. I was the one who had to pursue that. Uh, This wasn't going to be people coming to me. And then the third thing is, uh, having kind of thought quite broadly about what I might do next, and this is probably three or four months into being unemployed, was to really narrow down my options. Uh, Because I think that there can be a bit of a sense of the best thing to do in these situations is to cast your net far and wide. I think that's true when it comes to people. But I think when you're thinking about what you might do next, if you've got options A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, people find it very hard to help you. Because every time someone helps you, and typically help in the professional sense means putting you in touch with someone else or recommending you for someone else or saying, hey, I'm going to refer you for a job. 
if you've still got five or six different options you're thinking about, people won't know whether or not you're serious. And so the one of those, say they're going to help you with option B, if you're not really serious about option B and they help you down that route, then ultimately they put you in touch with someone and you don't turn up or you have the conversation doesn't go anywhere, then that person's lost some of their own personal capital. So there has to be a stage, and I think in my experience it was about four months in, when I narrowed down my options about what I wanted to do. And then people can be much more practically helpful for you, not just kind of in the advice sense, but actually helping you find that next role. And so that was four months in. How how long were you out of work? In about total? six months. And yeah, so, so, so then two months after you narrowed it down, that's when stuff started happening. Yeah, uh, no, it's kind of as I was narrowing it down, then I got into more meaningful conversations with a couple of different organizations, one of which is where I ended up going to work. So having, I, I was working at the BBC. I ended up working for BT. It's also known as British Telecom, you know, the big uh, telco in the UK. But you know, it did take that long for me to, having thought about all kinds of things I might do, setting up my own firm, going and working in consultancy, going and living and working abroad, all kinds of things I was thinking of. But once I narrowed it down to saying, no, actually, I think I need another big job in a corporation uh, in the governance or policy space that just enabled people to help me better. So um, you mentioned this low confidence that you felt at this time. I'm wondering, with your confidence low, how can you then go into an interview and sell yourself? Well, I think actually, just to be clear, you need to have conversations with people when you're still in the decompressing and exploration phase, which where you can be vulnerable, uh, where you can re- be open with people about, look, I'm, you know, I'm, to some extent, I'm still reeling what, from what happened. I think it's good for you to develop a bit of a narrative about the lessons you've learned and try and keep it kind of try and keep think about some bullet points. Don't, people, don't want, people don't want to hear this story from soup to nuts. But if you can say to them, look, I learned a lot about my, a lot about um, thinking to the end game, about where, where this is going to end up. I, I, I learned a lot about how leaders behave in crises. Um, or I learned a lot about this facet of my character that I've now kind of addressed. Then that can be very interesting for people and they can help you. But when it comes to the interviews, once you've decided what you really want and you're starting to have interviews, then I think it's um, I think it's good to talk about lessons still uh, and the lessons you learned from a mistake. One of the best stories that I heard, I still don't know if this is true, by the way, I've never met the guy, is that Bill Gates uh, used to like hiring people from organizations that have failed because you learn a lot from that. Now, I don't know whether that's true, but it certainly helped me. It helped when that person, a friend of mine, told me that. It helped me to think, okay, well, I can use that. I can use that as a way to have a good and productive conversation with a future employer. I think it's also good to spend time with your biggest fans before interviews, the people who actually think you're, you were great even when the thing went wrong, that you were still great. And you need people who will tell you that so that kind of boosts your confidence. And also remember the highs of your previous lows, sorry, the previous roles. There's a kind of a psychological thing that whenever we go through an experience and say you're in a job for a couple of years, the way you remember an experience is the high point, and that could be, sorry, the peak, the peak experience, and that could be when something goes terribly wrong or when something is absolutely amazing, and the end point, and it's the average of the two. So if, if the end of your time in an organization or a company is really bad, say you get fired, there can be a tendency to think that the whole experience was bad. 
Actually, that's very unlikely to be true. So it's good to reflect on what were the high points when I really worked well in a team or we had that great success with that fantastic sale or we did that amazing event um, or, and there was that, or there was that fantastic story in The Economist about our company, say. Remember those because those will drive you into a positive frame of mind when you go to the interview. Mm, that's good to think about. And in terms of your personal life at this time, how did you manage that? I think this is the hardest question of all. Um, well, one thing I learned is that you must not spend all your time angsting and searching for a new role, or indeed angsting over what happened in terms of your departure from the previous organization. It's good to spend some time every day uh, either kind of writing down for yourself, kind of honing your pitch, or doing some job searching, having conversations which are about the future, but also taking time out to enjoy personal life after all you may not get this get this much free time ever again i remember at the time for me because i was the father of small kids i had a great time uh, i spent i used to take them to nursery take them to school i watched a lot of cricket there was a, an england versus australia ashes series on that year the weather was good i i found it very you know most of it actually quite enjoyable now of course, it was partly because I also got a job at the end of it, uh, and therefore I can reflect back on the on the positive times. But uh, you know, remember, lots of people have been through this, and you will find another role. Yes, it may take six months, uh, and therefore think about well, what else can I do with all this free time? You know, learn a new skill, get fit, um, make sure you get outside, uh, and don't don't spend all the time searching for a new role. Well, so just try not to stress, I suppose. Yes. Um, so for anyone listening to this who's been fired or made redundant, what are the three most crucial pieces of advice that you'd like to pass on to them? Well, look, you're joining a club. Um, there are millions of people every year who lose their jobs, often through no fault of their own. And the vast majority of us learn a lot about ourselves uh, during that period, and we're stronger for it. And so think about this as a new life experience uh, that you you get to go through. And it's going to happen to you at some point. So just, you know, make the most of it as you're doing there. My mantra is take time to decompress, take time to explore, and then narrow your focus. But give yourself time on all the street three sides, providing you're lucky enough that say you got a redundancy payout or you have a good partner or parents or whatever are happy to kind of put up with the fact you're not earning for a while. And then, you know, the, the, I guess the final thing is you, you're not necessarily trying to find the perfect job. The next job you get might not be the kind of perfect job. That's fine. It will always be a stepping stone to the next one. So don't panic. Things will work themselves out. And actually, there's lots of positive opportunity at a time like this to reflect, to take time for yourself. And then you will have some great stories to tell when you get through it. (laughs) 